Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up with me for a few moments this evening. I want to talk to you for a few moments. And in just a few moments, we're going to do something that is, is very important to what we to who we are and what we believe here at the church is we know that many have already went back to school and and some are preparing to go back but we believe once again in the power of prayer we believe in what the bible teaches about laying hands and anointing with oil and we're going to be praying for all of our students and and whether you're in preschool elementary whatever whatever format of school college student um, we'll we'll pray for you and 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 educators and teachers and professors if you're involved in any of the education field this is for you and, and we're believing that when we pray our staff our whole team lay hands on you that God is going to anoint you afresh this year with a fresh anointing his touch his hand to use you mightily in the school systems this year and in those communities how many of you believe that how many of you believe that that God can do something so awesome so I want to talk to you for a few minutes and um, I, 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 I'm 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 not going to share long, but, but I am, now I'm not going to say shocked in a sense, but it, it's, it's amazing to see. I believe that there is a common theme that God wants us to hear today. Um, rarely do Pastor Ben and I talk about what we're going to preach or discuss it, but, but I'm, I'm just amazed that kind of the theme that what God laid on my heart to share in this service runs right along with what he preached and taught this morning. And, um, and could it be that God is speaking to us in a time like this that he wants to get a message across? And I just ask you to tune in. If you didn't, if you weren't here this morning, make sure you go Tuesday morning and pick up the podcast. Uh, Tuesday uh, it should be up on Tuesday and listen to the word. Psalms chapter uh, 137. Psalms chapter 137. And I'll begin reading at verse 1. And I'm going to jump over to Daniel chapter 1 and read a few passages of scripture. And we'll go from there. Psalms chapter uh, 137, beginning at verse 1. It says that by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. There we hung our leers on the poplar trees. For our captors there ask us for songs and our tormentors for rejoicing. They said this to them, sing us songs of Zion. And notice what their response was. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Notice that, that, that phrase. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Now jump over to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Read a couple passages of scripture. Daniel chapter 1. The Bible said that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And the scripture said that the Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah over to him along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon to the house of his God and put the vessels in the, in the treasury of God. The king ordered uh, uh, Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring, notice this, to bring some of the Israelites, notice this, from the royal family and from the nobility, specifically, look at verse 4, young men, or we can say young women, or we can say students, we can say teenagers, 
without a physical defect, listen to this, good-looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive, and capable of serving in the king's palace. He was to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. Verse 8, but I'm going to jump down to this. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, verse 7. The chief eunuch gave them names. He gave them names Belshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Michelle, and Abednego to Azariah. Verse 8, but Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the eunuch to not defile himself. God had granted Daniel favor and compassion from the chief eunuch. I'm going to stop right there for the sake of time. There's a correlation between Psalms 137 and uh, Daniel chapter 1. If you notice, the setting of both of these texts were in Babylon. The scripture said in Psalms 137, you have the Israelites and the psalmist is revealing us the mental state and the emotional state that they were in when they found themselves in the land of Babylon or a land that was considered in a land of captivity. Listen to their hearts cry. The scripture said that we sat down by the rivers of Babylon and there we, we wept and we remembered how good it was in Zion. We remembered the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and, and the love of God and all the things that God did in Zion. But now we're in this place of captivity. Now we're in this place called Babylon and the scripture said they're longing and yearning for, for, the, for Jerusalem or Zion. But the scripture says something that's really key in verse 4. Because the Bible said their captors looked at them and they said, Uh-huh, you're in Babylon now. You're in captivity now. And they said, Why don't you start singing those, some of those songs you used to sing when you were in Zion? Why don't you start singing some of those songs that you used to sing when you were in church or when you were around the church family? And the scripture said this, that they were so emotionally just, just, just beat up and beat down. Their response was, how can we sing the songs? Notice what it said. How can we sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land? How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? What they had gotten to a place was because of their surrounding, because of their environment that they were in, because of what they had been captivated with, they let their environment and the atmosphere that surrounded them dictate it and determine their praise and worship to God or even how they could live as individuals. What I want you to notice is, is, is when you talk about Babylon, it's very strategic in Scripture. The first time it's mentioned in Gen is in Genesis chapter 11. And the Bible said that they said this concerning about the city of Babylon. It's where they begin to build the Tower of Babel. And listen to these words of what they said. Come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. And the Bible said that when God saw this agenda that they were going to build a city without him, they were going to build a tower up to heaven that he had nothing to do with, that he went down and confused their language and it scattered them. He said, because long as they have the same language and on the same page, they can accomplish many things. The word Babel means confusion. 
God confused the language or Babylon is a type of confusion. Now, let me show you what it represents. The city represents human systems of politics and religion and commerce. Watch this. That are in direct rebellion to God. In other words, it said Babylon reflects the pride of man which seeks to build a life or a city of man without the power and the presence of God. And when you think about that Babylon, that city of Babylon, it's a spirit or it's a culture that says that we want to live and do life and be successful and live in a way that is totally separated from God. We know what's best for us. We know how to do it. We have the intellect. We have the wisdom. We have the knowledge. We have the education. And we can build great things and mighty things away from God. We really don't need God. Our secular humanism has all the answers to everything that is going on. It is to this environment that the children of Israel, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song when we're in a place that is so contrary to what we stand for and what we believe. I want young people to hear me this evening. How can we sing the Lord's song? I put it like this. This is what they were really saying when they said that. They were saying, how can we, listen to this, how can we stay godly when we're surrounded by an ungodly culture? They're saying, how can we live holy when we're surrounded by unholy things? How can we keep ourselves walking in integrity and character when the very culture that I have to walk into, be it my job, be it my school, be it my college, be it my neighborhood. How can we sing the Lord's song when we're in Babylon? I want to tell you that spirit and that cultural mindset is one that we all have to face in today's society. J.B. Phillips put Romans 12 like this and said, do not allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. Every time we go out, there's a constant squeezing that the, that the world wants to do and compress us into its mold to get us to the point that says, can we really live holy in a day and time like this? Can we really live righteous in a time like this? Can I really grow up as a teenager and maintain my virginity and don't sleep around? and don't get messed up with jacked up relationships when everything around me in Babylon that says sleep around, give up your virginity, it's more popular to do this. Can I really, really sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? I'm here to declare to you my title is this right here, that it is possible to be a bold believer in Babylon. We can be bold in Babylon. We can be bold believers, uncompromising believers, despite what culture, what society, or what the world tries to squeeze us into. And matter of fact, we are called to be bold. We are called to stand and push back. Come on, the cultural temptation that loves to creep into your life, your family, your marriage, your home, and even our church. But I'm telling you, God has called us not to be some people that are conformed and confined but we're called to be bold that stands up that says our God is the one and only true living God and for him we stand for him we live and if have to for him we die can I get a big amen there
This is what Daniel, the reason why I wanted you to see Daniel, because I love the word of God. It has the answers if you get into it. Because Daniel says, I can show you how to be a bold believer in Babylon. I, I was in Babylon. I lived in Babylon. And when everything surrounding me tried to get me to compromise and lower my standards and give in and turn back on the God who I know who has been faithful to me, I was still, a, they tried to put me in a den of lions, that didn't work. They tried to burn me up, that didn't work. They tried to keep me from praying to my God, that did not work. They tried everything they possibly could to shut down me being a bold believer. But I come to declare today, I'm going to give you three things on how you can be a bold believer in Babylon. Number one, quickly, because then we're going to pray. Number one, the reason why Daniel said I could be a bold believer in Babylon is number one, Daniel understood who he was. Let me say something to all our young people. I want you to understand the importance of knowing who you really are. You see, identity is derived from answering these several questions. Who I am, where did I come from, where am I going, and why am I here? Spiritual identity is your greatest identity. We all have a personal identity. We have a cultural identity. We have a family identity. But your greatest identity is your spiritual identity. And I want you to know this is the first thing when Daniel stepped into Babylon, the first thing that the enemy wanted, the spirit of Babylon wants to do is to redefine who you are. The Bible said the first thing they did was change their names. I want to redefine you. I know what you've been called and what you've been told that you are. But the first thing we got to do is get you thinking that you're something else other than what God has called you. And if you study the names, I don't have time to break it down. But all four of their names were rooted in an expression of who God was. But every name that they changed them to was rooted in an expression of false gods and moon gods of Babylon. In other words, their identity, who they were, was rooted and originated in God. But let me show you something about Daniel. If you go back and study the book of Daniel, you will not find him one time referring to himself as Belshazzar. Because Daniel said, I know what y'all called me. I know what y'all redefined, tried to redefine me. But you'll never find, I searched it. 75 times he said, I am Daniel. I am Daniel. I am Daniel. I don't care what you tried to call me. I know what God has called me. And this is very, very important. Because listen to me, when it comes to your identity, what you allow to redefine you will ultimately control you. What you allow how to redefine you will end up ruling in your life. And what you have to do as you go out into this world and into the spheres that God has called us in, if you're going to be a bold believer, you got to walk in there knowing who I am in Jesus Christ. Life will always try to put labels on you. People will try to put labels on you. Your past will try to put labels on you. But I want to tell you that 2 Corinthians 5.17 is the greatest verse that you can use to remove 
remove every label that every person, every experience, every situation that ever put on you. It said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The blood removes every label. You're not an addict. You're not depression. You're not defeat. You're not victim. You're not sorry. You're not nasty. You're not prostitute. You're not gangbanger. You're not robber. I'm going to tell you who you are. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are blood washed and born again. You are heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. You are a masterpiece in the Creator's hand. You're, oh, come on somebody. You're the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. You're not ugly. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in the hands of an almighty God. Give him praise and I'll move on. See, the problem is, let me tell you something. Labels don't determine contents. I can get that water bottle, bottle of water and write anything I want to on it. And it doesn't matter what I write on it, how many times I write it on, it don't change the contents. People will try to label you. Come on. The enemy will try to label you, but it's just a label. People, experiences, and situations will try to label you and put things on you and redefine you. But you got to stand up and remember, just because it's on me, it doesn't mean it defines me. Because people will give me labels, but God determines my content. And the last time I checked, I have treasure in this earthen vessel. Greater is he that is in me. Come on, somebody than he that's in the world. I got to know who I am, Daniel said. And number two, he said, when you go back to school, when you go, you got to remember who you represent. You got to remember who you represent. The Bible said in Daniel chapter 6, verse 20, I am Daniel, servant of the Most High God. Daniel said, I'm here. See, this is very important. It's one thing to know who you are. But when you go into the Babylonian culture and where that spirit is operating, you have to know who you represent. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. It is God in us. Watch this. Reconciling man unto himself. When you go into that school, when you go into that college campus, when you go into that workplace, when you go into that business, when you go into that restaurant, wherever you set your foot in society, you have to remember that I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative, watch this, of one kingdom sent to another kingdom. To declare that to that kingdom, the mission, the mandate, the policies, the agenda, and the will of the kingdom that sent it there. Oh my God. And the Bible said that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We've been sent into this world. Come on, somebody. On a mission that is not impossible, but is possible. We've been sent here to be the voice of heaven. We've been sent here to be the billboards for the kingdom. We've been sent here to be instruments of righteousness, carriers of the presence of God, mouthpieces for the kingdom of king of kings to advance the kingdom of God. 
God. Why is that important, Javon? Because, see, ambassadors know that when I go into a foreign land, it can be intimidating. It can be feel like all the odds are stacked against me. But where the ambassador gets encouragement, he knows that I may be the only one like me in this place. But because of who I represent, I know who's got my back. Oh, you don't hear. See... When God is on your side, the odds, I don't care if they are stacked against you. Because an ambassador knows that he has at his very exposal, watch this, the foot, he, oh my God, the resources, come on, the army, the support, the systems, the help, the power, and the authority of the country that he represents. So in other words, I know nobody may not be saved but me. I know no one may not love Jesus but me but like Pastor Ben said I'm not going to draw back I'm going to stand up in here and walk in, in this place like my daddy owned the place because he does I'm going to walk knowing who I am and I'm, I'm going to walk up in here knowing that I got all of heaven backing me I got angels backing me I got the blood backing me I got the Holy Ghost backing me I got the word back I wish you would come up against me you don't you, uh, come on somebody I've been given a party that whatever Whatever I bind on earth, watch this, it's bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth, it's loosed in heaven. Why? Because heaven has my back. If you believe heaven has your back, give the Lord a shout of praise. You don't know how bad my school is. You don't know what neighborhood I live in. You don't know where I have to go to. I may not know that, but I know God. I know that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I know that if God be for you, who can be against you? I know that the Lord is on my side. Whom shall I fear? What can man do unto me? I know this. They may come at me at one way, but they shall flee from several ways because I got a backup plan that's holding me up. Who you represent. And number three, why you're here. Why am I here? See, let me just say this real quick because we're about to pray. See, you may go in and your, see, your title may be teacher, but don't forget your, your purpose is ambassador. Your title may be coach, but your purpose is ambassador. Your title may be student, but your purpose is ambassador. Your title may be principal, but your purpose is ambassador. Now, somebody's going to get this before we leave. Your title may be CEO, but your purpose is ambassador. See, God just gave you that title and create a position. Yes, it may be the means of your business, your income, and your finances, but please don't minimize it to that. There is a kingdom call, a supernatural call a kingdom purpose for why you are there which leads me to this last point is this please come to the music so I can quit know who you are know who you represent and watch this don't forget why you're there the Bible said Daniel distinguished himself from the other Satraps and the governor. He distinguished himself. And as a result, 
the Bible, his Bible said, because he distinguished himself and had an excellent spirit, that the king said, let's set him over everything. Now, mind you, this is a wicked king over a wicked system. But God, a godly man that he's setting over it. Because Daniel said, I'm going to distinguish myself. I want to let the king know I'm not like your other governors. I'm not like your other satraps. Because I'm not here to represent them or you. But I'm here to represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he said, I'm going to put him in a place to oversee things. Oh my God. His distinction is what positioned him. Watch this. This is why you're there. For the advancing of God's kingdom. He was positioned because the Bible said now God put him in a place that he could advance. Listen to what I'm about to say. Know who you are. Remember who you represent. And remember why you're there. You're there. Whether it's in your neighborhood. Whether it's in your community. Your workplace. You're there to advance the kingdom of God. That's going to look different for all of us. Because there's different faces of God's grace in here. See, I don't see members. I see ministries. This room is full of ministry. There's a ministry on every seat. God Almighty. Religion sees members. The kingdom sees ministries. We see a thousand plus ministries in here that have been called to advance the kingdom of God. And Jesus said there's two ways I want you to be reminded of. In Matthew, he said it this way. I want you to go into all the world. I think put that scripture up. I want to show you something. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then he also said this, Mark. He said, I want you to teach all nations. This is critical. Jesus said two different words to describe how we should advance his kingdom. He said world and he said nation. Now see, if you take that from an English standpoint, you're going to miss it. When he used the word, the word, the word uh, uh, nations, it's the Greek word ethnos. It's where we get ethnicity from. So when he said teach all nations, he was saying you're called. This is how you're going to advance the kingdom. To teach all races, all cultures, oh my God, all civilizations. In other words, let me put it in simplest terms. He said the way you advance the kingdom is that you're looking for opportunities to reach people that don't look like you, don't dress like you, don't act like you, don't smell like you, don't live where you live, don't have what you have. He said that's what ethnos is, that I'm intentional about reaching people that are totally different from me. Not just people I can get along with. Not just people I like. Not just people that look reachable. Not just people that dress and love. No, 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 no. He said it's ethnos. We are called to reach those that deliberately don't look like us. That's the word of God. And then watch this. See, you thought you had to move to Africa. 
But see, that's what I love being about this, being a part of this church, this amazing family of God. Because when I look around, I see ethnos. I see ethnicity. I see black. I see white. I see because that's what the kingdom, it says, we're supposed to do. Don't you see in here is kingdom stuff. And he said world. Watch this. Does he mean the whole world? No. It's the word cosmos. And it means this. Watch this. Political systems, religious systems, watch this, is systems, cultural systems, watch this, that the God of this world uses to try to take advantage to advance his agenda. And watch this. God said, you're called to invade the same systems that hell thinks it's in charge of. So all of you that get tore up about those up in the club, you're called to reach them that are up in the club. Oh, I'm going to mess with you now. And I don't, yeah, all kinds of clubs. Clubs with poles and clubs with bars and clubs without. Don't you get quiet on me now. Don't you get quiet. But he said the same areas that hell has invaded. He said, that's what I'm calling my church to. I'm calling them to the music world and entertainment. I'm calling them to medical and medicine. I'm calling them to government. I'm calling them to education. I'm calling them to entrepreneurship. I'm calling them to every culture that is represented in this earth that Satan is trying to use to promote his agenda. I'm calling you there to take it back. I'm calling you there to take that territory. I'm calling you there to take that ground. That's why we don't discourage these young people when they say, I want to get in the music. We don't discourage that. See, you know what we want to do? And I don't know if she's saved or not, but I'm using it for example. See, we want to get Beyonce saved and make her the worship leader. For what? Her greatest influence is not in a church. I don't want to hear what I'm saying. Her greatest influence is out there in the world filling massive stadiums up of a following of people. No, let's don't make her the worship leader. Let's get her saved in Jesus' name and go back into the cosmos and represent Jesus and see people come to the Lord. I'm praying that every one of you don't be preachers. I don't mean that in a bad way. If God called you to it, praise God. I'm praying that, it, that, that you would invade the medical world, the science world, the technology world, the government, the political system. We need that. We need that more than anything. And don't you shy back and feel the shame because you weren't called to a platform. We're not the salt of the church. We're the salt of the earth. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.